Welcome to Place Matters, a podcast about the intersection of race, place, and poverty, where we explore the belief that the path towards ending inequity and promoting prosperity is through the work of holistic neighborhood development. Welcome to one of the series we will do on FCS's three pillars. This series will focus on the pillar of neighborhood engagement. I am Sean Duncan, the Director of Training and Consulting for FCS and the host for Place Matters. When people see the work of FCS, they often know about the big projects that come with big budgets and the fanfare of groundbreaking and ribbon cutting ceremonies. And as excited as we are in those moments, the truth is that some of the most significant work that we do is small, quiet, and often goes unnoticed to anyone outside of the neighborhood. And one of those crucial works is walking alongside children and teenagers. There are lots of programs out there that serve youth from, quote, underprivileged neighborhoods. But what our team of youth leaders is doing here is really special. And I'm excited to be able to invite you into this conversation with these three heroes. Our youth development coordinator, Michelle Witherspoon, our neighborhood engagement coordinator, Michaela Santos, and one of our community coordinators for Haven at South Atlanta, Joel Barber. Well, tell us about your roles and what you're doing day in and day out with our youth program. Yeah, so I am the Youth Engagement Coordinator here for FCS, and our historic South Atlanta neighborhood has uh, a youth group that's been here for longer than I have, Um, and so we do youth group on a regular basis. We are also doing a bike program, Um, and so all the youth engagement uh, for FCS in this area I'm responsible for. Um, but what I like to say that we're, what we're really doing is we're building community. Mm. And um, that seems simple to some folks, but if what we do in our programs isn't building community, then we're mm. not interested in doing okay. it. Yeah. So Awesome. <clears throat> Michaela, how about you? What yeah. are you doing on a daily basis? So how I fit into that mold, um, at FCS, I'm the Neighborhood Engagement Coordinator, so I get to do a lot of general programming at FCS, um, but for the youth group specifically, I get to co-lead the middle school and the high school group with Joel, Okay. okay. Um, so that entails a lot of just curriculum building, mm. program management, parent and student communication, I would say, and then supporting Michelle and all the things that she does to build community. Okay, awesome. Joel, how about you? Uh, yeah, for me, uh, kind of along the same lines, uh, lead for the youth group uh, is probably just, you know, building activities, uh, okay. you know, doing some lesson plans and kind of engaging with the kids on a, on a weekly basis. Okay. Um, and just, like she said, just kind of building community with them, giving mm-hmm. them a place to be. Um, and so do that actively every yeah. now and then. I've been okay. doing it for a while, but yeah. it's been yeah. good. You were, I mean, you were a part of the youth group at one point, oh, right? Yeah, yeah, that was, man, that was a long time <laughs> I mean, ago. A couple years ago, ago. <laughs> two, two to three years ago, ish, ish on average, something <laughs> Well, that's kind of what you do. Why do you do it? I mean, most people here, junior high kids especially, they will quickly exit the room as fast as they can. I have a middle schooler. I understand mm-hmm. it. Uh, so how about you guys? Why do you do this? What what draws you into this work? Uh, I mean, I would say for me, just going back to the last comment, is like like you said, growing up in it, it was mm-hmm. like I know specifically like how how it felt 
to like mm-hmm. have that. Um, and so just having friends around, having people around who actually not just were my parents, but like other adults who actually cared about you and like yeah. gave you a different perspective on life. Um, and so it was like having like a secondary family almost, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you had somewhere to come, somewhere to be, um, but also just had a lot of fun, you know, and you felt really good just being there. So um, I just want to always just try to kind of give that same feeling and energy back to the kids that I'm working yeah. with today. So, um, but yeah. Yeah, I was in the same boat of being a part of lots of different youth groups growing up. Mm-hmm. And it's just really essential at that age when there's, you don't have a car, there's not a whole lot going on, um, to, to have one thing every week that you're able to go to and be around um, adults. But also, I always thought it was cool, like the college age yeah. and above. <laughs> yeah. Those people were always really the awesome people who to connect. Old, but, you know, some other people <laughs> around the table that we're not going to mention. <laughs> yeah. Uh, being around those people, um, it just would be cool to come every week, hang out with them. So you're saying you're the cool person that gets come That's to see. That's exactly what, what I'm saying. Really, <laughs> it's really true. It's very true. No, I would say Joel has that same energy. Same vibe. Yeah, same vibe. All right. Yeah. It, yeah. It's kind of unfair because she's getting older too, but I it am. seems to maintain um, his cool yeah, vibe. I'm always young. Yeah. Thank you. I can't get old. Because he's so swole. If you, yeah. if you get yeah. swole like that, you'll remain the have a cool vibe. Speak. They do. They, they do. speak. They louder than the anything. Down. Yeah. Yeah. But it was just really important for me mm-hmm. to have that space to talk about things that were going on at home that I might not feel comfortable yeah. talking with my parents quite yet, but also have other friends that I don't have direct access to mm-hmm. um, and being able to gather in one space at a time. So that's where I was like, I want to be that person that, yeah. you know, for me at that age was really important to do that for somebody else. Yeah. Awesome. You know, I, I think this is true for all of us, that there's like this intersection of gifting. I mean, mm-hmm. every one of us really authentically love children mm-hmm. um, and are pretty skilled mm-hmm. to understand a child and also have fun. Um, so I think there's an intersection of like talent and gifting. Um, for me, it also intersects into faith mm-hmm. and this the idea that we all belong together mm-hmm. and that... Um, in this neighborhood, we all belong together, but this neighborhood connects to a larger mm-hmm. um, one. And mm-hmm. so somehow like looking at how does that um, oneness that we are supposed to live into mm-hmm. affect children? Like how do we do that with kids? Mm-hmm. And I tell the kids, you know, um, we get to do something that could change the world, I think is changing the world. I think Mm -hmm. the world could learn Mm -hmm. from what we're doing here Mm -hmm. because if Mm -hmm. we can learn to be friends and, like, join our lives together in a really meaningful way, Mm. I think the world could really learn from that. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And this work also has its challenges. I've been around at FCS coming up on a decade, and so I've seen the ebbs and flows with the pain points and the challenges that, that come naturally with when you enter in that deeply to a child's life, which means their family's life at some extent, like there's just hard things that come with that. So what keeps you going in that? Like, are, are there stories or moments or, or, or things that you lean on to say, like, this is, this is why I keep at this, even mm-hmm. in the midst of some of those challenges? Yeah, for sure. I'm super grateful for those moments. Um, <clears throat> I think, uh, Specifically this year, it's fresh on me that we have a set of twins who are graduating, have graduated, um, and they started coming to youth group when they were in kindergarten. Mm. Um, Mm. And so they've lived their whole educational Mm. lives uh, here with us and coming to youth group. 
And they have uh, now become what we call student leaders. And so they lead out in our younger, our elementary Mm -hmm. youth group. Um, And to watch them do what's natural for them, Mm because they've lived there, they've grown grown up in it, so they know how to do this. Um, But to also hear from mom and how she's reflected to us that this has been truly a it takes a village to raise a child situation. Mm-hmm. And that, that that's really been true mm-hmm. here. And, um, and she has trusted us. I, I swear, I tell her all the time, if I told you we're taking the kids to the moon, she would say, <laughs> as right. long as they're with y'all, it's fine. How many pairs of underwear do they need in their, <laughs> yeah. in their bag? That's all I need to know. Um, and so, and we've built relationship with her. She calls mm-hmm. me when they're on her last nerve or she's crying because, you know, the the resources aren't there or whatever. And so I think, uh, I think about them Mm -hmm. and I think this is the long game of, um, you know, twins that we've had a chance to be in community with for Mm. their whole childhood. That's incredible. And this mom who says like, there were moments that I, there's no way I would have been able to afford that trampoline Mm. park, Mm -hmm. but Thank God you guys came along, and and mm-hmm. it's not just the fun things; it's the, yeah. it's the, the grind of it mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, that that's who comes to my mind. Mm-hmm. And I always am a firm believer that kids should have as much fun as possible mm-hmm. <laughs> while they are kids, yeah. and yeah. they don't get to decide their financial status. Mm-hmm. Kids aren't that's out right. there making money, um, and so I should never think that should limit. Mm. how much fun a kid is able Mm -hmm. to have. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think what keeps me in it is even the weeks, there's not a specific moment, but the weeks that we might cancel youth group just Mm. because we're having a leaders meeting or something else comes up, these kids get upset. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, wait, there's not going to be youth group this week. What is that? What am I supposed to do on Wednesday night? Um, So the fact that they keep coming back and Mm. it's something that they genuinely look forward to. Yeah. And how many other, uh, kids or our parents are saying, I've got to drag my kid out of the house to get them to go to youth group. Mm. They're just like, wait a second. I did not give you permission to cancel this. this week. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, right. exactly. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, pretty much the same thing. I mean, I feel like once we are in it, um, we get to see like a little bit of how the kids affect us in a mm-hmm. way. Oh, and yeah. so even if it gets hard, if it gets difficult, uh, there's been a lot of cases where, I haven't just been in a mood or something's been going on in personal life or whatever. And, you know, I still say, all right, I got to get to the youth group. I got to go. And I go. And then the moment I get there, <laughs> I just see like either smiling faces or somebody makes a joke or they're like, all right, Joe, what are we doing today? And it's just like, <laughs> yeah. oh, my goodness. And then it just gives me energy. And it's just like, OK, yeah. cool. So now I'm in it. You know yeah. what I mean? And so it's just that I don't know. It's just this real raw feeling of like, mm. man, I want to reciprocate what's being given to me and I want to give to them because they're also given to me. So it's not like mm-hmm. just because I'm having a bad day or because it's hard right now, um, I still have a responsibility to these kids. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So uh, yeah. that always keeps me in it. And I think too, like you guys remind me of why I do this because I watch you and they're both unicorns, by the way. Uh, Joel has this superpower of being able to interact with a kindergartner yeah. and a senior in high school or, mm-hmm. you know, like, and do games that are killer for yeah. all ages. Yeah. And, like, I just mm. don't have that superpower <laughs> like he does. I mean, he could literally walk in the room and you could be like, yeah. Joel, I need you to play a game yeah. for... 
third grade. Go. And those, like, okay, listen. those kids listen to Joel. You know, and, they, and the girls flirt with him. I no. Of course they do. For, <laughs> he's denying it, but. And he's so safe that yeah. it's perfect yeah. because, you know, they get to do that. And that's the age development. That's a, that's a normal thing, you know. Yeah. And Michaela, as soon as Michaela came on the scene, I was ghosted because <laughs> everybody wanted Michaela. Yeah, she knows she's the cool one. She's so cool. In fact, we had a we had a um, backyard gathering, and she basically was like, "Turn that music off now." <laughs> that is a horrible decision. You just put on the music. I said it nicer Change than that. It really was like, Michelle, what are you playing? Fix it now. It. <laughs> was she playing one of those that's what I call music CDs or something like what was that I was trying to put some know kids what it was. and she just said no it was so bad it's very confusing <laughs> what, was that was that music made in the 1900s was that the problem I with, didn't with the say music? that but we were all thinking <laughs> she was not thinking it was cool whatever it was yeah. oh man that's awesome well, there's a lot of youth programs out there mm-hmm. uh, for neighborhoods like Historic South Atlanta. So for people who are listening, uh, Historic South Atlanta is a neighborhood that's been historically disadvantaged, isolated, redlined, a lot of racialized policies. So you have this concentration of lower-income families. And so there's a lot of charitable programs for youth mm-hmm. that are out there. What would you say culturally, whether it's in practice or just culture of values, what sets apart what you guys are doing from maybe some of the other models of, of youth programming that you've seen? Mm-hmm. I would definitely love to jump out there on this one because I think um, we experience this when we go to summer camp. We used to go to summer camps where um, the only kids that were at camp were from neighborhoods like South Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and it just never made sense to me. Like, why are we doing this? Like, yeah. we have to then sign up to be a part of camps that only serve Mm-hmm. marginalized communities. We keep perpetuating the segregation. We keep mm-hmm. separating so, and isolating. Yep. You know, so we go to the best camps mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. try to find the most diverse camps, mm-hmm. you know, to just try to keep doing what we're doing all year. And I, mm-hmm. I think we are unique in that there are kids who are different at youth group. They are, yeah. So one neighbor is different from another, mm-hmm. racially, socioeconomically. Mm-hmm. And so... Unlike me, I did not grow up in a situation where I was around diversity. Mm -hmm. They get a chance in kindergarten Mm -hmm. to learn how to be friends with somebody who's very different from them. And Mm -hmm. we get to talk about the things that are awkward. Mm -hmm. We get to acknowledge what is um, happening right in our neighborhood Mm -hmm. right now and be friends with each other. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say that compared to some other youth groups that I've been a part of or Mm -hmm. seen, we really do listen to the parents Mm. and the kids Mm. in this community um, because at the end of the day, it's about historic South Atlanta. And Mm -hmm. so we want to make sure that all the things that we're doing are serving the neighborhood Mm. and that's listening to feedback. So we do often check in with our kids and our parents Mm -hmm. um, about things that, Hey, what did you like about this semester? What's an experience that you might want your kid Mm. to be a part of that they have never done or would be a great um, learning experience for them. And I think that's very different than, mm-hmm. than a lot of other things that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We also try to like, um, come at it from a perspective of like embracing their everyday lives. And so mm-hmm. it's like, you know, all right, we're not going to come up with the curriculum for you. Mm-hmm. It's going to be based on your guys' lives, how, what you like, what you enjoy, um, things like what you go through, things like that. Yeah, all. Yeah. It, and it's not just us 
let us teach you something, let us give you something, let us, uh, what we think is best, mm-hmm. and we come up with all this stuff for you, just for you to do, but it's like, they affect mm-hmm. the, the curriculum themselves mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because I feel like that's how you kind of like tap into yeah. who they are, what they do, mm-hmm. and what brings them back, because it's like, hey, we're not just talking about, all right, how mm-hmm. to be a great student, yeah. you know what I mean? It's, yeah, a little bit of how to be a great student, but also what kind of student what kind of student are you right now? Yeah. Um, and then what are kind of struggles that you go through in classes? Like, mm-hmm. tell us about that. And we kind of, like, build based on what mm-hmm. they're going through in the times. Yeah. Um, so it's more catered and tailored to the kids themselves um, mm-hmm. with a little bit of, of guidance, of course, from us uh, every now and then. But it's mm-hmm. it's just a little different in our approach of how we approach it. So, yeah. so years ago, we had um, a dinner club. And if the dinner club is listening, I love you. <laughs> I do love you. Shout out, here. I do love you. I do love you. So we had this dinner club approach me, this group of ladies um, from the north side of the city and, you know, more privileged um, Mm -hmm. side of the city. So uh, they said, we'd love to come and serve the kids. Mm. And I said, oh, well, I would love for you to come to youth group and see what we do here and be a part of our community we would love for you to bring dinner and let the kids serve you because mm-hmm. you be our guest. Mm-hmm. And when mm-hmm. you enter my house, you don't yep. come and serve me dinner. Yeah, 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 yep. You come as a guest. So I said, mm-hmm. come in, come as a guest. Okay, sure. You know, and I was real clear about what that looked like when mm-hmm. they arrived, mm-hmm. gave them the real specific details. And they came and they couldn't help themselves. <laughs> they got up and they started serving. And I was like, oh, yeah. stop, I'm so stop, sorry, stop. ladies. Can you have a seat? This is really important that the kids serve mm-hmm. you. And I probably had to tell them five times on the fifth time yep. they felt my teacher voice. Yeah. Yeah. I said, ladies, sit down and don't get back up. Yeah. This is so important. You are mm-hmm. stripping them of the dignity of serving you mm-hmm. if you do this. So... They didn't come back, (laughs) but it was so important. And I think that makes us unique in that I'm saying, hey, we are a community. Mm -hmm. You're welcome to come and see about us. But what we're not going to do is have people on the outside serve in a way that's undignifying to the community here. Mm Because that's participating in those categories that are so harmful. Like even, even, I mean, we know there are lots of categorization of kids from neighborhoods like South Atlanta that's intentionally harmful or intentionally oppressive, but even from a charitable mindset like this group that's still playing out of that same categorization and assumptions of, of a certain group of kids, right? And in a certain way you have to engage them, whether you're policing them or serving them, there's that's that mentality actually is pretty related in that mm-hmm. in that type of engagement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So you guys utilize a number of volunteers to, to mm-hmm. be able to make youth programs work. Well what makes for Good or not so good, or ideal or not so ideal, people mm-hmm. to partner with to to work with the students. Um, definitely the uh, the savior mentality is not a not what, a good one. Uh, <laughs> not <laughs> what we're looking for. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not this. Oh, I want to come and I just want to come and help and change everything and yeah. be the savior and be the one that changes and helps everything. That's mm-hmm. that's not what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to have like a going back to the approach thing. Like your heart posture has to be a little bit different. Mm-hmm. So it has to be like, hey, I want to be here because I want to. Yeah, I want to help, mm-hmm. uh, but I want to help in ways that'll that won't be so that won't so reflective of myself, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know. So where the the reward is coming back to me, where I feel like I'm better or I'm, I'm great mm-hmm. because of the things I'm doing, mm-hmm. you know. What I'm saying it's more of hey, I want to do something, help, show love, whatever for them, just because that's something that one will help them, yes, but also yeah. at the same time will help me and as well as far as who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. 
I'm mean, just doing something good in the world, ultimately, um, as far as like being a good steward, you know, of certain things um, and have and just being able to give those things that matter in life, like community matters. You know what I'm saying? Uh, being a good um, role model matters, you know what I'm saying? Um, but it can't be from a savior mentality. And so that's 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 one of the things that we, we're not really looking yeah, for. Yeah, no go. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's what you're really good at. I think that's why the kids are mostly drawn to you is that I think you – want to be with them Mm. and any type of feedback or quote unquote changing them just happens out of genuine authentic relationship Mm. and um but you have a a non-agenda to you that i think makes kids feel really safe with you and i think Mm -hmm. jill's helped me with this in specifically i can remember one in, in one situation with a kid and he was like, "Are they asking, or is are the are the, is the family asking for that? Mm. You know, and like, you know, I'm constantly having to check myself at the mm, door. Am well. I leading and you know assuming something without somebody's not asking for that? Um, am I listening to that? He's he's t- directly helped me with mm. that. That's great. What else? What makes for ideal or not so ideal mm-hmm. volunteer slash partner in this space? I would say like showing up in consistency. Oh, okay. So yeah. I think a lot of kids love to gravitate to people who are there every single week. Mm-hmm. It can be difficult mm-hmm. to form relationships with somebody when you're not there mm-hmm. half the time or for the semester you show up twice. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're going to commit to being a part of our youth group, try and commit the whole time Mm, for as long mm. as possible. And if you're not able to like communicating that, um, and then showing up, like if we're playing basketball, you're on the court with us. (laughs) You are in those games. You're competitive, but not too competitive because you you got to give some space for the kids to be competitive. Um, but really making sure that you are present with those kids the whole time. Mm -hmm. If we're sitting down and we're eating a meal together, you're having a conversation mm. about how your school was the, today or like what's mm. going on in the sports world. Um, so that kind of showing up and that kind of consistency. Mm. I would mm. say too, like a curiosity, mm-hmm. you know, mm. I think it's anybody working with kids uh, needs to be curious because mm. children do things in their own ways, their own time, mm-hmm. you know, can yeah. feel frustrating at times mm. or bizarre at times. But I think that that, judgment space where we lose curiosity. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can tell those that are helping lead that are very curious yeah. and not as judgy. Yeah, um, yeah. And is then it, I, that Walt Whitman via Ted Lasso, be curious, not judgmental. Right. <laughs> That's what a good <laughs> reference. That's a very daily Ted Lasso reference. Thank you. Thank you. I don't even know if it was Whitman. I do know it was Ted Lasso. That's all that matters. Yes. Curious space. And I think, um, yes, definitely like committed, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. over the, the, we, I tell people like at at minimum you're here for this semester, if not the next semester, you know, and, um, I used to not even entertain that, but we'll take some interns, but you could, you'd be here for the whole semester. Yeah. You guys have such a, um, honest, safe culture that you've created with the kids. And I think about, I mean, other environments I've been in, whether in like church settings or educational institutions, uh, where people generally want and care deeply for the youth, but the ability to break through that trust barrier is profoundly difficult. 
and I think the level of safety you guys have created is is pretty unique. Um, what would you attribute that to? Like, is it is it the consistency? Is it just like just being a normal human? I'm not here to help or save you. Like, what are some of the ingredients that allows for that? Because that's hard. I mean, especially if you're if you're coming out of an environment where there's other vulnerabilities your family's facing. There's other reasons. There's even more reasons to have a wall than just your normal adolescent. Mm-hmm. Adults are hard to, to talk to. Like, mm-hmm. how do you guys get through that to where people like miss it when they're not there and they do feel safe to be like, this is honestly where I am and this is where my family is and this is what's going on. One thing that comes to my mind is uh, humility um, and that the reality is I've made mistakes that I've had to own and I've had to own them with kids and families. Um, I think there's something about when people do that, it can be disarming, you know, Um, and just acknowledging that I just haven't always gotten it right. And, um, but I'm here and I want to learn and I'm not fragile and I'm going to keep showing up. Um, and I think that authenticity, like, just it, it, it really is. It's it, it's really, it speaks for itself. Like, if you're not genuine and authentic, yeah. it you will be weeded out very yeah. quickly. Kids, yeah. and teenagers, just sniff that out so yeah. much faster. Oh, yeah. 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 Any other population, sure. their radar for that is, is yes. well tuned. I mean. I would like to say in my late 40s that I've become a much more secure person than I was in my 20s. But a teenager can undo oh my that gosh, in about terrifying. 30 seconds. They will say whatever comes to their mind. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that's big. I mean, I was going to say the same thing, authenticity. Man, it's, it's, I think one of the things we did last year, maybe it was the year before, when we did our uh, the testimony story thing mm-hmm. um, with the kids, and it was just... They were so locked in it, because oh, wow. it was one of the times where all the leaders were sharing like just things from their past or things from their stories or their lives where it was like mm. we aren't perfect you know what mm. i'm saying like we we don't have it all together uh we struggle with this or we struggle with this uh and it was just like you know you could hear a pin drop sometimes wow. they were so yes. focused they were in there um but it was like them getting a the chance to see mm. like Okay, yeah. Yeah. These are just real yeah, normal like, humans. You know, and yeah, yeah, we're gonna yeah, be treated yeah. like normal humans. Yeah, yes. yeah. It was just like cool to see how they locked in and they were they connected with us even after that. They some of them come up to us and ask about the situations or ask about wow. what happened back wow. then, what happened in school when you were in school, what happened with this, and it was just like mm. getting those moments, you can see the relationship start to connect even more mm-hmm. in the bonds because that authenticity of like, yeah, I'm an, I'm older, I'm much more mature, I'm wiser. Whatever it may be, but it's we still can connect, and I'm still yeah. real with you. You know what I mean? So yeah, it was um, so th- intense that I think it's for. I remember one teenager who was like, kind of like, I didn't actually want to know that about Mister <laughs> Joel. Like I want him to be perfect. Yeah, yeah. You know? I was like, wait a second. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think like it just. I think the assumption with with teenagers, especially, is that they don't want to engage adults or that that wall that's there um, is like them just saying, yeah, I have no interest in you. But like in many ways, and I, I don't think this is income based. I think it's just like there's a sense of like, mm-hmm. I, I don't feel safe. Like I, because when you're a child, even into your teenage years, like your whole world has been defined by big people making all the decisions. Mm-hmm. So when you're trying to get to independence, you're like, I actually want to know you and I want to be known by you. But if, if, if you're just going to, be here to control me or judge me or make mm-hmm. all my decisions. I, I think they're really saying, are you for me or are you for my performance, whether it's right. moral performance or academic or athletic? Like, are you right. for me or are you for my yes. performance? And I think what you guys yeah. are doing is 
these kids know that you're for them. Like, and not, no decision they make or thing where they met, quote mess up, you're not going to be like shocked, like oh, gra- grasping yeah, the pearls. Yeah, I can't yeah, believe yeah. you did that. Like yeah, you're no, like, oh, I'm no. for you. Yeah, and will you listen to me? Will mm-hmm. you really listen? You know, I um, fighting is a thing. You know that when I'm listening, I think kids typically assume that I'm going to say like, don't fight or don't fight back or, you know, and I don't. Um, and I, I remember it like it was yesterday, a, a teenager was telling me about a fight and, and she's like, Miss Michelle, you don't understand. Mm. You don't understand what it's like for me. And I said, you're right. I don't, mm. I didn't have your experience. I don't have it now, but I'm here listening. Mm. And I believe you when you say you feel like you don't know what to do. Mm. If I do this, I lose. If I do that, I lose. Mm. You know, I'm listening. Mm. Um, I think it takes that. Like, there's no way I can pretend yeah. to know yeah, yeah. some of the dynamics that are at play mm. for some of our young people. And now, post-pandemic, I think it's even more complicated yeah. what's all going on mental health-wise and mm. family dynamics and mm. on and on. The yeah. long arc of all of this, like... Success seems like a weird word, but maybe health is a better word. But how do you, uh, because I know you guys don't judge by, well, how many kids came to the fall program? Mm -hmm. Like the metrics you guys are thinking about, whether it's literal on paper or just in your head. So like for you guys, when you think this for us are either signs of health or signs of success, Mm -hmm. this, these are the outcomes or these, these are things we want to see happening to prove what we're doing is, is going in the direction that we want it to go. What, what are some of those things for you guys? I would say, you know, we had a parent night this spring, mm. and I think hearing what we heard helped remind us that we were doing something right. Mm. Mm. Um, and what we heard was that um, that this is helping my child, um, mm. whether it's one parent saying it's helping my shy child or this is helping my um, child have experiences that I can't give them. Mm. Or um, uh, we had a mom that said during the pandemic, like, our bike riding together was the only time she was not with her kids and Mm. she would drop them off and go cry Mm. and just walk around and cry while they were bike riding with us Mm. as we were the only thing happening uh, at the time here. And so, and then I think on the, on the kid front, you know, the fact that they're showing up and yep. they're wanting to know why mm-hmm. youth group was canceled <laughs> tells us like, this is their third place. Mm. It's not home. It's not school. It's their third place and they want it. Um, so that, you know, and I think if we are seeing healthy community being built, there's a friendship that grew the twins. I was speaking about, there was a, a, a f- girl friendship that grew mm. out of youth group, uh, different races, but they are the best of friends. Mm. And when I see that, I'm like, I'm not asking you guys to be together outside of youth group Mm -hmm, like this. mm -hmm. You're for, this has organically formed Mm. out of this space. Mm -hmm. Um, you guys have learned to be very good friends Mm -hmm. and I promise you it changes their life to have a friend like this. Yeah. 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 And again, you're right. It's not the numbers of how many people we have show up every week. Um, but the people who don't go to the same schools and live in the same neighborhood and might not be exposed to each other otherwise, being able to walk randomly to Carver Market and mm-hmm. get to say hello to somebody that they see in the youth group mm-hmm. or connecting with them outside of that space, mm-hmm. I would say that's where a lot of mm-hmm. our success lies. 
To hear somebody say, you know, a kid complaining like, oh, they just, they're speaking white. And I'm like, let's talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's a sign of success to me that you feel safe enough to say something like that out mm-hmm. loud. Mm-hmm. And we can press into that and have a conversation about that. Yeah. And, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think along those lines, I feel like success is measured in the interactions that we have with them. So it's like, like you said, if it, if it's not 30 students showing up or 30, 30 kids showing up, but it's like a good, maybe 10 or 12 of them mm-hmm. that's there. Um, and then in those those times that we meet, it's like, hey, we're having certain conversations that aren't being had you mm-hmm. know, on a regular basis. Um, we're tapping into something with them that maybe they haven't talked about with their parents or with their teachers or whatever. Um, yeah, Maybe their kids who has been shy for a very long time is finally starting to open up and show different signs of like making friends and all this stuff and stuff. That's success. Like it's like, you know, these small things that go on, it's not measured in the same ways as other places. And so those are wins for us. Mm -hmm. So it's like, Hey, look, if this part, this kid is having a very good, Mm -hmm. um, just overall great experience, um, in their own ways, Mm -hmm. then that's success for us. And we want to, you know, some of our successes look like we know a family is vulnerable, uh, they're about to lose their house, and we just happen to have a rental house mm-hmm. that we know is coming online, mm. and we can help make that transition. Or we know a, a job opening at Carver Market and, you know, trying to just, you know, in my mind, part of yeah. community is the resources of the community and then being able to share them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've uh, recently been just trying to do some research around the the social cohesion stuff because I feel like when we think about educational outcomes or mental health outcomes or physical health outcomes, like most of the ways we measure that is kind of like isolated to those categories. Like educational outcomes are going to be improved with better educational interventions. But like what social scientists are discovering is like actually kids and families who have greater cohesion socially in their neighborhood are doing better in school. Their mental health is better. So, like, this isn't just, oh, how nice. We're we're having friendships, like, which would be great in and of itself. But we could actually, no, this is literally impacting their long-term well-being. Yes. As important as, like, short-term friendships might be, this is actually impacting school. This is impacting yes. mental and physical mm-hmm. health. This is impacting so many different life outcomes yes. to have these relationships. And just to think about the value of that, that it's not just, hey, we just entertain some kids and we keep them out of trouble. You know, we give them something to do besides being yeah, in trouble. Yeah, yeah, it's like, no, yeah, that's yeah. not what this is about. This yeah. is so much bigger than that. Yeah, I mean, it really is holistic for us. You know, we're wanting to have touch points. We're wanting mm. kids to be touched, literally mm. touched, you know, uh, appropriately <laughs> touched. Okay. <laughs> that was definitely Michelleism, I think. Oh, right absolutely. <laughs> Had to sneak it in. Had to sneak it in. Yes. Awesome. So, yeah, the, just the holistic uh, look of this. Like, we want to have fun because healthy families have fun. Healthy families do new adventures together, you know. Healthy families have rhythms, like, where you know what to expect on a given week. Uh so all of that and everything, honestly, everything has made sense to me that we do in terms of family. Mm. When the pandemic hit and we were 
not sure what to do. I was teaching my kids how to ride a bike. Mm. And I thought, what if we do this mm. as a neighborhood? Yeah. And that's what we did, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I th- am always thinking in terms of how does my family get healthy? Yeah. And then it just feels like an extension of that into mm. the youth and families. Yeah. And the way that you connected that even with trauma, like we went mm-hmm. through the murder of Rayshard Brooks by the police in our neighborhood, mm-hmm. the trauma that our kids are carrying, that that's not just, yes, you need therapeutic support, like good, good psychologists and counselors mm-hmm. like Joel is becoming, you know, like you need that, but it's also like, you're just, you just need to be, have physical movement with people that you trust in an yeah. environment yeah. where you feel safe and you're right. like, this isn't just keeping kids occupied. There's so much more that's right. going on. I don't want to just this. ride bikes together. Yeah. I want to ride bikes knowing that we get to talk. Mm-hmm. We get to ride somewhere new together. We get to uh, strengthen our bodies. We need. Mm-hmm. We de-stress. We, you know, all of it's all of it. Yeah, yeah. What advice would you guys give if folks are either new to or trying to figure out how to bring kids together in their neighborhood? How would you? Oftentimes, we think about what's the best programs or the best time of day or how do we get the budget together? People kind of think about these programmatic things, which are important, but. Uh, if you were to give them some advice on how to really be on a healthy path, what would you say to them? I would say one of the things that I wish I was stronger at in the beginning and I've learned to be stronger at now is, is the idea of that we are not just building relationship with kids. We are building relationship with their whole family mm, yeah. and uh, valuing the family and the parents and, mm-hmm. and really doing this, seeing this as a village thing, mm-hmm. um, having great communication all around. Um, but I think where are kids naturally gathering Yeah, and where are they naturally forming community? Pay attention to that mm. and try to not create something altogether new. Try to join them where they're already gathering mm. Mm. and let it, be shaped from hmm. that. Yeah, that's great. I mean, the, the the youth group, when I came, that was 2011, you know, was not, I, it was always curious to me that it didn't matter that the youth group was kind of tied to a church. It was always youth group. Right. Just, and mm-hmm. to this day, it's tied to a youth neighborhood, group. not a church, yeah. Exactly. It, you know, yeah. I don't really think some of the teenagers give a crap about FCS as a whole. <laughs> yeah. like, or, or that yeah. It's not FCS's youth group per se. Yeah. It's, 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 just, it's always been youth group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That great. was huge for me because yeah. I'm so used to seeing church youth groups. Mm-hmm. And for this to be genuinely neighborhood run mm-hmm. was something that I think really set mm-hmm. us apart. Yeah. 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 I think you, you just got to ask yourself, what can I do as an individual? That wouldn't require a lot. So a lot of times... Mm-hmm. Everybody can do something, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So even if it's just, okay, I see these kids outside my house, what can I, I want to do something, what could I do? Mm-hmm. You, you, doesn't most have to be a people, program. Yeah, like, yeah, have to, it doesn't have to be a program. Yeah. It's like, you know what, let me learn your name. Let me yeah. take my grill outside, start barbecuing, invite them to. Let's play basketball. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Let me put my goal outside, let's start shooting some hoops. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody can do something. It doesn't have to be big or amazing or elaborate, but you can do something. That's usually how a lot of things start. Mm-hmm. Like, they start from these small beginnings and they start from these. House churches, if like churches start, a lot of churches start from like house churches. A lot yeah. of like programs start from just ideas that two people came up with or one person came up with mm-hmm. and they started, I don't know, like businesses do that all the time. Like, oh, I started yeah. this business in my van or, you know, yeah, yeah. whatever. <laughs> but it's like, they all start from small beginnings. And so yeah. it's like, you don't have, you don't need a lot. Mm-hmm. Everything else will fall in line in place, but you got to start somewhere and do something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Anything yeah. that you can do. I tell neighbors, you know, if, uh, 
you want to be strategic, be outside doing something in your yard mm. between these hours. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. kids are going to let it start yeah. there. Yeah. And everybody's going to be walking by and you can learn their names. Yeah. And then you can see what, ha- I mean, I learned uh, a street worker's name and became friends with her just by being outside mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. her walking by enough times. And I was like, this landscaping is a hot mess. I need somebody's <laughs> opinion. And she was walking by and yeah. we formed a friendship, you yeah. know? So yeah. just think about those simple things yeah. too. Yeah. Well, with uh, neighborhood engagement or youth programming, there's not like a groundbreaking ceremony, like when we're, we've bought a property and we're demolishing and rebuilding, or there's not a ribbon cutting when it opens. But back to what, Michelle, you said at the beginning, I think what you guys are modeling and doing, like this is this is how society's change, it's a life change. So I don't know if we need to get shovels and like pretend to groundbreak every time youth group opens or cut a ribbon when they come through, but what you guys are doing is really profound and beautiful to see, so thank you for that. And thank you for this conversation today. Yeah. You, guys are, you guys are great. Our pleasure. Place Matters is produced by Focused Community Strategies, whose mission is to partner with under-resourced neighborhoods to provide innovative and holistic development that produces flourishing communities and God's shalom. Place Matters is hosted by FCS's training and consulting team known as the Lupton Center. If you'd like to inquire about our training and consulting services, please reach out to us via our website, luptoncenter.org, or find us on LinkedIn or in social media. This information can also be found in the show notes. If you would like to watch these episodes, the videos can be found on our YouTube channel. And if you liked any of these episodes, please share them on social media because your support would mean a lot to us. The show was edited by Tim Rhodes with music by Eric North. And special thanks to David Park and Becca Klein at FCS for their work in organizing and recording these sessions. We would like to say thanks to our partner, Lily Endowment, whose Thriving Congregations grant has made this podcast possible. Mm